Hi loves, welcome back to Strip Down. I am so excited for today's guest. She is an incredible mama and woman and powerhouse all around. I was on their IGTV channel and she's just doing so many amazing things and I just like love her positive space and energy. I have the amazing Brandy Malloy who is a TV host, food reporter, lifestyle and food expert, parenting expert. She has, you know, all this content on Instagram and she's a content creator, always doing videos. She has a popular blog. She does amazing meals or like family favorites, staple meals, all that good stuff. She's been featured like, you know, all over from like Pop Sugar to KTLA, TV, you name it. She's been there. She's been a coin for Pop Sugar Food, Eat the Trend and Get the Dish with Brandy Malloy. She's just so much fun. Like I said, she's been featured all over the place. But what I really love about her is not only is she inspiring, but she's so attainable as the things you look at and read. She's a positive light in the content creator space and a fellow mama friend of mine. So Brandy, welcome to my show. Thank you for having me. Oh, that's so lovely. Thank you for all those kind words. <laughs> You're welcome. We all need them these days, right? <laughs> I know. I know. Sometimes it just takes someone else saying it and you're like, oh yeah, that's right. That, right. that feels oh, yeah, that's good. That's me. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. Anyway, yes. I'm covered in milk and God knows what else today. I'm like, and I'm sweating up a storm. I'm like, I'm like, here I am. We're keeping it real. But you know what? Oh that's my what gosh. That's what I love about you because it's like when we connected, we connected on Instagram and I loved your feed. I loved how honest you are about motherhood, but also so inspiring and uplifting you are with your recipes and everything you share. And it's just a good space to be. And I think that a lot of times <laughs> influencers and content creators get like a bad rap because it's like, oh, they're an influencer. But to me, when I see people who really influence, I look at someone like you. I want to hear Aww. your story and how you got into this and tell us all about Brandy. Oh, thank you. Well, uh, you know, I always knew I wanted to be a journalist. I remember being a little girl and watching Lisa Ling and Oprah and all these female journalists and just wanting to be that person that tells the story. I grew up as a military my dad served in the army for 40 years wow. and we moved around every two to three years. So I lived in Germany and, you know, overseas in Europe and then in Arizona, Virginia, Georgia, wow. um, Hawaii, Texas. Yeah. Service. That's amazing. <laughs> oh yes. Thank you. Helicopter pilot. And he served in Vietnam. Um, he's the best, but I think that, you know, being able to travel and then I remember like maybe being 11 or 12 years old, finally wrapping my head around this idea that not everyone's life looked like mine. Like some people might never be able to travel to different countries. And when you're a journalist, you get to, you know, share people's stories. And that's why I love food because food is such a connector. Like you might never go to these different countries, but everyone breaks bread and there's so much stories behind food and how people prepare and eat. And so it's funny when you look back at your life, even being a little girl and then where I am now, it's like, of course I was destined to always be involved in food and work with food and talk with people and be a storyteller. And I love interviewing people. You know, I've never met a stranger. Um, and so I think that, you know, that's kind of like where this influencer thing came was always wanting to be a journalist journalist and, you know, being the editor in chief of my paper when I was younger and working for the local paper and then the local news station, uh, 
yeah, and, and, you know, doing all the little jobs, all the free jobs that led me to finally being in a place where I can say no, you know, if it's not something that is in line with my brand or something that I believe in, um, it's a good feeling to, to not feel like the dollar amount controls what you want to do. Cause there was a point in my life where you pay the bills, um, and so that's what I always come back to is like, oh, it feels good to be in a place where you can really um, stay true to who you are and, and have fun with the content you're creating. I love that. Well, and I love that you also mentioned like you knew from a young age, I like that passion and like with food, like were you always also into the cooking side of it or just like the storytelling of food and how connected? Yeah. You know, my mom actually owned a catering company when we were little. And so she was always cooking and baking and living on a military base is such a special, specific uh, piece. It's such a different culture. You know, like when you live on a base, a lot of times you don't leave it that often because there's an entire world there. Your church is there, the movie theater, all the stores, the grocery stores and so forth. Um, and when you're talking to your friends, you learn like if their dad's deployed or their mom's away or someone's TDY. So it's always about kind of taking care of each other and making dishes for each other and bringing them to the house and dropping off a casserole dish. And, and then when you find out that an infantry group is coming back or an entire battalion of soldiers are coming back, you know, you go to the tarmac and you welcome them and you have food. And so my mom always cooked. My dad always cooked. He just made the best food. And we always had breakfast every morning, like a hot breakfast before school, we'd have sausage and eggs or pancakes and bacon. I mean, um, so I always was around food and I love that it's such a language. Like it's really a way to show people that you care. And, you know, even if you don't know what to say, if someone's experiencing something good or bad, you can celebrate with food or you can kind of offer that to them. I love that. I got to take a note from you because <laughs> I am not good at cooking. I get anxiety with food, which is why I no. like, as I do. Oh my God. I am like, I'm so lucky that Justin, my husband is such a good cook and he loves to cook and he's like always into it. I like to bake more now that I mean, he's like a toddler and gets excited. I'm trying to bake with her more and she gets excited and we have fun together, but cooking for a reason for me has always given me anxiety. Like true story, Brandy, like not many people know this about me, but like I, like when I was first dating my now husband, like I wanted to impress him. And even when we first got married and I call my dad on FaceTime, I'd have my dad on FaceTime for like an hour to two hours straight. Okay. What do I put in the bowl now? How do I make this? How do I mix this? And he would cook <laughs> my meal for my husband. Like, so that I could be like, look what I prepared for you. And let me tell you, if he lived in California instead of New York, I would have had him here cooking it for me and been like, here you go, husband. Like it was just, I'm, I am not a one to be in the kitchen. So I'm trying now in this like whole crazy quarantine to like shift into this passion of I used mm -hmm. to love baking with my dad and now like do it with Amelia and slowly get like into it. But cooking for whatever reason has just never resonated with me, but I love it. Like you've been around it your whole life and like you just have such a passion for food and you can hear it when you speak about it and how it's such a connector, such a good point. Like it's funny how everyone has a different relationship to food, right? But like for yeah. you, it's like your first relationship is the storytelling and the connecting. Like that's so cool and so different. It's interesting that you say that, Allie, because yeah, like 
food was always such a positive thing in my household. Um, it was very common for us to have like dessert th- during the week. It wasn't like this special treat. That was something that like we had to earn. And I have a really healthy relationship with food. Like I definitely think of it in, in a couple ways. Like, yes, it's something that fuels my body and I want to be strong and healthy, but also I love the indulgence of it. And also the, the story behind it, the culture, like learning about food. And as I've gotten older, um, I did uh, pageants, a a tiny amount of pageants when I was younger, but I remember talking to women and learning like this whole world of like not having a good relationship with food or not even thinking of it in a fun way. Um, or, or some women that are so busy that they don't eat, you know, and like, even when I was a new mom, like my kids are three and one now, um, like that is such a part of my day that there's no way I would forget. Like, even if I had just like something basic, like, so it's, it's funny you say that because I never realized um, really what a gift it is to have a, a positive relationship with food and, and to view it in such a positive way. Yeah. Well, I think especially our society as a whole, we magazine things you read online. I have to diet this. I have to not take in this. It's interesting how you said about a treat. A lot of people are, oh, I can't have that unless it's like a weekend. It's my treat. It's like you have a very healthy relationship that you're just like, I just enjoy as I enjoy. And I do things healthy for the most part, but I don't have like that guilt or that tension or that pull. And I feel like that's really healthy. And I'm sure you do the same with your family. And that's going to help your kids have healthy relationships with food. And have you noticed that? Because they are like, especially the three-year-old, like at that age where they're trying to really learn and grow. Do you notice that with food with your little one? Yeah. Um, my husband and I are definitely conscious of it because he's more of like the healthier one. Like he, he loves to work out. I played sports my whole life. So being active was like just a part of what I enjoyed. Um, whereas my husband like is more regimented when it comes to his CrossFit and his weightlifting and running and stuff. And so we've talked about how we want to make sure that like what we're saying, what we're doing is encouraging a healthy habit with Millie, who's our three-year-old. Yeah. And, you know, I think following people that have like credentials in that, for example, I love following um, Feeding Littles on Instagram because yeah, yeah. yeah, Everyone listening probably knows these women, Uh, but those two women are just the perfect balance of, you know, creating healthy habits around food and, you know, not stressing about developmentally appropriate behavior. Like, it's funny, there's that meme going around that I've seen where it's like, my baby eats this and it's salmon and green beans and, you know, all these healthy foods. And then my toddler eats mac and cheese. And I love following these women when it comes to content follow. It's like, I love that they're constantly educating me on that is so appropriate that a toddler just wants everything that's beige. Like that's, that's, that's okay. Like that is, you know, kind of the season that they're going in. And then when I learned about taste buds, taste buds, when you're little constantly change, like you have a taste and palate nonstop, like it is ever changing. And that's why so many of us listening hated mushrooms when we were little and now we love them or we weren't really into tuna fish and now we love fish. And so I think about like the science behind it. And I really try to give myself grace and not try to force my kid to always eat what I want them to eat or 
get, you know, make a big fuss about if she wants more cookies uh, or more, you know, crackers. And I'm like, you know what, if today we kind of like snack for lunch, that's okay. Cause guess what? I made some whole milk Greek yogurt pops in the freezer <laughs> and you think it's ice cream, but actually it's whole milk yogurt and there's a lot of calcium in there. So, um, so much of it is about like balance and not controlling everything. Cause so much of those issues, not just food, but a lot of things is like, secondhand issues that we've projected onto it that we definitely don't want to pass on to our kids. Yeah, such a good point. And I love that you said, like, you know, if you have a day that you're snacking and then you're like, hey, I have these healthy pop fridge and like, so be it and give yourself that grace as a mom and also for your kids. I try to do the same. It's like Amelia, some days will eat like so well. Like today she had salmon and she had rice and she had chicken. And like, but yesterday she was like not having it and was asking for her little crackers and her bunnies and her this and that. And I was like, you know what? I'm exhausted. I'm nursing around the clock. You won't like eat your normal food for lunch. So yeah, here you go. You can have your snacks. Dinner time, you'll eat something more healthy and like, we'll call it a day. And it's yeah. like, they're going to be fine as long as they're eating and they're growing and they're thriving. Like it's okay. You know, one of the most popular DMs I get when it comes to food are from moms saying like, I feel like my kid doesn't eat enough. And listen, I'm no expert, but it is a fact that your baby or your child's stomach is as big as their fist. You know, like we think that our kids need more food than they do, but they don't. And also children are such great indicators of hunger. Like they don't, you know, unless it's like ice cream and cookies and stuff where they like, you know, want to go crazy for it. <laughs> They are really good about knowing when they're hungry. Now, it is true that kids aren't going to tell you when they're thirsty. They're not going to tell you when they're hungry. But if you put food in them and always try to put those healthy options in front of them, um, they're more likely to like listen to their natural instinct of, you know, their hunger cues. Uh, so, so that's the big thing. And my husband and I, we always look at each other. Like if Millie doesn't eat all her food or Sunny doesn't eat all her food, we're like, well, did she eat a good breakfast? Yeah. Did she eat a good lunch? Yeah. Oh, she's not going to be that hungry for dinner. You know, we kind of just like two out of three ain't bad. And, right. and, and yeah, I think, I think it's really just important to, um, to kind of check yourself and then see like, was it a big deal or not? <laughs> right. No, I think that's such a good message because again, like I think, especially all of us being home right now. Um, you know, it's like you do put so much pressure and you're like, are you eating enough? Am I doing enough? What's this? What's that? And everything's all over the place. And you're all kind of, you know, squished mm -hmm. together, which is like, it's beautiful. We're all together at the same time. It gets a lot. And it's like, you're right. You just kind of check yourself and go, okay, they did most things today. Then you know what? It's okay. And I've had to do the same. It's like, Amelia will have some really good days. And then some days she's just not having it. And I'm like, you know what? She ate two bowls of oatmeal for breakfast at the lot. Like she had some good lunch. She doesn't really want dinner. Oh, well. You know, it's like, yeah. And I try to rotate our snacks. I try to like hide certain things, like, like rotate them and then hide things once she's already had them, you know, because I can't keep saying yes to the cookies, um, you know, uh, and then trying to offer the healthier options more often. And one of like my favorite hacks when it comes to food, I mentioned this about snacking, but I love actually some days we do like a snack board. I've showed this on Instagram before. If you guys follow me, either a board, like a cutting board or just a big platter or even like a muffin tin fill it with different things. Sliced grapes, celery with dipping sauce, dressing, hummus, guacamole, crackers, like a little buffet. And it, it feels like you might be listening and visualizing this and it might feel like a lot of work, 
but it's not, you know, like it's like four crackers, four of this, five of this. And, you know, I kind of look down and see if it's balanced and, um, it, it's really helpful on those days when you just don't have the energy to like give them a cohesive balanced meal, but you get a lot of balance from things. I'm going to totally have to try that. I'm like, I'm like envisioning that as you're saying it. I'm like, that's a really good idea. And Amelia loves, she's now so into like dipping and doing it herself and like grabbing. I feel like that would be so up her alley to have like in front of her for her to go and grab and dip and then go back and like that kind of thing. Yes. That's a really yes. Thing. I love that. Yeah. And, and I love that you said go back. So I learned something too, when I was talking to a girlfriend of mine who um, works with children in the child development space, like their attention span is so short. And I'm talking about like kids our age, but even, <laughs> yeah, even up, up to, you know, third, fourth grade, like we shouldn't expect our kids to sit down for a 30 minute meal and talk about the day at, when we have little ones. And so also like let them get up from the table with, you know, with balance, of course. Uh, but sometimes we'll eat outside and like, I let her stuff stay at the table and I know that she's going to come back for it, you know? And, and it's kind of nice because like she can go do an activity or run around or play with her train and then she'll kind of join us again and grab some more. So that's one thing. Like sometimes it just takes them longer to eat. <laughs> That's so true. And I think that's such a great point you just made about letting them kind of come back and not making it such an ordeal, like sit here kind of thing. Like, you know, it's like, I, like today I've, I've been trying to slowly get Amelia into a booster seat versus a high chair. And because, you know, before I know it, Arlie will be ready to go in the high chair and I want yeah. to get two high chairs. I just want to use one high chair. And so, you know, I've been so slowly making it her idea. Like, oh, so do you want to sit in the booster seat today? You want to sit, you know, in the high chair. And so today she's like, oh, booster. And I'm like, okay, great. I put her in the booster. And then she looked at me kind of like, mm. and I'm like, you know what? I will sit with you and have lunch with you. And I sat across from her and we ate lunch and she sat the whole time. I think it's because she felt like engaged and was with her mama and like, you know, having fun. But then the other night, like she didn't want to sit and we were eating dinner and whole thing. And I was like, you know what? She ate a little bit, let her get down and play, like whatever. And then you're right. She did come back and she was like, oh, more, you know? And so I think you're right. Like taking off that pressure all together, it just allows them then to also have that healthy relationship. But even bigger picture to your point, just motherhood. Don't you feel like so much of it is just taking off your, the freaking pressure, but yet we all do it to ourselves? Yeah. I mean, it, it goes back to expectation. Like so often we've painted a picture of how we want to be as a mother or how we envision our family or what we expect of our child. And then when the expectation doesn't happen, there's just disappointment, there's mom guilt, there's pressure, defeat. And so if you can like stop drawing this picture in a Sharpie and a permanent marker and instead just like let it be a watercolor. Like I kind of want it to look like this, but let me give myself grace if it doesn't exactly look black and white like that. Sure. And I, I think what's so important about communities like what you've built here on the podcast and online on Instagram and with our podcast, Momhood, when you have that community of moms where you can share and you can learn from each other, like you realize that everyone feels the same way and all these preconceived ideas that you have don't exist and everyone's just kind of figuring it out. And it's funny that um, we do put pressure because like, especially you and I with our kids being so little, they go through such different leaps and developmental chapters that even when you feel like you have it figured out, you don't because it's going to be different tomorrow. And so I really try to keep that in mind. Like when Millie's having you know, an emotional moment or a tantrum. I'm like, she's going to get over this. Like in five seconds, like I need to be able to get there too. Like I need to not like 
carry that secondhand baggage and stress from what just happened because she's not even going to remember it. No, it's so true. Last week I had like a real, you know, like power struggle with Amelia. She was really testing me and she melted down like massively. And I had to like step outside. Like we were, I should like, we were in the house and I stepped outside in the backyard and like had the screen door like right in front of her. And I just had to like breathe and stare at her, but like breathe to compose myself. So I didn't scream and flip at her to like take myself down. And then once I did, she was already playing and smiling and over and had come outside and was running around. And I was like, Huh. And I was proud of myself that I was able to get through that moment. But of course, as soon as I put her down for a nap, I started bawling my eyes out because I felt guilty and I felt, you know, shame and all the things like you said that like you feel as a mom because you're like, oh my gosh, well, I didn't melt down, but I still, you know, I walked away for a moment. You know, it's like you do all these things in your mind, but you said it perfectly. Like, I love that you said, like, not a permanent marker. Think of it as watercolor. Like, it isn't permanent. It does yes. change constantly and like you do have to go with the flow and like I think obviously for most of us moms can agree that's what motherhood teaches you like you learn how to go with the flow instead of being so routine or you try to go with the flow um when you were talking when you were talking about um kind of composing yourself and breathing it reminded me of an interview that we did over at momhood with uh this woman named um minna and her handle is at mom lists and we talk about mom rage and you know you said that you know after you were done you cried and you were emotional but like sometimes there are moments when we are parenting where we are seeing red and like our fists are just clenched and like i have experiences where like every ounce of me just wants to lose it. You know, like I want to go berserk and it's so hard to like shake that off when you feel like they've tested you and they're challenging you. Uh, and, and to kind of like, okay, how can I regroup? How can I like breathe through this, stay calm, stay safe? Because like she's not even, or he's not even as worked up as I am. Like we're letting these little baby bosses get to the best of us so baby bosses it's true it's like (laughs) you like they they get to us so much and it's like why do we allow that but it's because we care so much right yeah yeah happy we want them to be okay and it's like but I have I agree with you completely like we have to also like check in with ourselves and go like am I okay am I handling this right am I processing this okay and I have those moments of myself all the time. And there's some days where I handle it better. Like today, my husband totally annoyed me with stupid things he did. And Amelia was reading a book with me and then she was making me crazy. And I was like, mm, you know, and I like, and, and she could she could see it more now. So I'm trying to be very, she's very, very aware for two. Like she just picks up everything. It's like, oh amazing. yeah. So annoying at the same time. And she looked at me and she's like, oh, what's the problem? And I was like, mm, you know, and I'm like, no, no, I'm okay. You know, I'm like, daddy's silly. Mama just needs to breathe. But I looked at it and I thought, mm, this is a perfect time to teach her something. And I looked at her and I went, do you want to breathe with me? And she goes, okay. And I just went, okay, we're going to count to three. Just one, mm-hmm. two, three. I'm like, okay, mama feels better. And she's like, oh. I'm like, mama went from red to yellow to green. And she's Good. like, oh, you know. And I also, I had this amazing mom, my podcast, um, Tijal Patel, um, who's a mindfulness. Oh, yeah, we know her. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. And she taught me the red, yellow, green. Like, to help you meditate kind of through it and in a similar way of children with the colors and everything. And I just thought that was so simple yet so effective. And I was like, so happy I could put it into practice today. Like I was like, okay, it worked, you know? And I know it's not going to always be like that, but it was like a win 
that it works, you know? Well, also, I think it's really important that you share with your daughter what you're feeling. Like, you know, we, we talked about this, um, Orly and I, my, the co-creator of Momhood, about mirror neurons. Like, our kids, you, you know, they pick up on everything. You just said this. And babies do, too. But, like, if you try to, you know, you're fighting, let's say, with your significant other and your daughter or son asks you, like, what's going on? Like, and and you know, you're like, oh, nothing, nothing, nothing. Sometimes it's better to say, oh, dad's being silly or mommy and daddy don't agree right now. Uh, you know, kind of like try to say something, like give them a reason, like, oh, dad wants to do this. I don't want to. So we're going to have to figure it out. But then also um, making up in front of them or showing that like, yes, it's okay to conflict. Yes, it's okay to argue. But now we're going to talk about it. And I love that you know, a lot of times the generations before us, our parents would, would argue and maybe make up without us knowing. And then you're like, oh, wait, or mom would just kind of like act like everything was fine. But you're like, well, I know, I don't think she is because it's those neurons. Like we can pick it up. It's like, you know, totally. the spidey the sense. Pick it up. The energy. Yes. Yes. Like, of course. Everyone always says to me, it's so interesting with Arlie, people are like, wow, she's such a chill baby. And I'm like, well, I think it's because I'm a more chill mama around too. Like with Amelia, I almost feel bad. I mean, I know it's not going to fall because I'm a new mom, but I was like crazy. And like with you saying expectations, like high strung and like, yeah. you know, crazy. She heard me. She's like, mama. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and high strung and this and that. And I was just crazy. Like I just, I couldn't even like, you know, deal. And every little thing set me off and I couldn't keep a routine. So I would flip out. And I think Amelia felt that crazy energy. It was just mm-hmm. like, so much. Whereas Arlie, like, I'm just way more like waxed. I don't yeah. freak out. It's like, it's just so different. And I think about that. I'm like, wow, she feels my energy and she's more calm. And you know, if there's anyone listening that um, is like an aspiring mom, you're not a parent yet. One thing that I would just strongly recommend is like talk to friends that are moms now and learn from them and ask them like, what are things you wish you would have done differently? Or how can I be more lax as a first time mom? Because I do believe that we can learn from each other. Like my sister's been a mom for 13 years before me. She's my little sister. And I have so many friends that have kids uh, a lot older than my kids. And that's really what I did. I would always be like, gosh, every mom that I know says that when they were first time mom, they were stressed about this. They were worried about this. Like, how can I like just anticipate things that are going to happen and try to let them roll off my shoulders. And, um, in some ways it did work. It really did. Like my sister always told me like, man, I feel like I was always worried about X, Y, and Z. And now that they're already 10 and 11, like those things were so little, I wish I wouldn't have stressed about those things. And a lot of times it has nothing to do with our kids. It's like worrying about your house being clean when you're a new mom. Oh, I know. Like, I, had to, I had to let that shit go. Let me tell you. You do. And like freaking out about like things getting stained or like, like all these like materialistic things or, or trying to maintain the old life. You know, there's something so beautiful that happens when you become a mom. Like it's your child, your child is born, but also you're born as a mother. Mm-hmm. And like that chapter before you, like you're still that woman, but you're like different now. And I think there's a lot of positives that go with it and embracing that instead of holding on to like what you thought and what you wanted is um, not always a good thing, you know, like yeah. evolve, go with it. 
Right. Evolve. Go with it. Like, 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 you know, change with your baby. <laughs> I know she's moving right at you. And they're so like, they're, they're, you know, they grow so fast. Like babies don't, don't stay as we all know. And, you know, they become toddlers and, you know, kids and everything else. And it's like, you do want to cherish those moments. And I completely agree with you. It's like, you are reborn and you kind of like want to go with this new evolved person and sometimes it's hard and mm-hmm. I know it was for me I think that's what contributed a lot to my postpartum depression was that I couldn't let go of the old image I couldn't let go of the old alley and I mm-hmm. held on so freaking tight that it basically killed me inside and it just destroyed me and I had to really work through that but then once I did and I got through that and got to that light I was able to be like okay you know what I'm Allie 2.0 now. I have a baby and yes. my businesses and I'm doing all the things and I'm learning and I'm thriving and I'm evolving and it's messy, but it's beautiful, you know? And like, this is what you've always wanted too. Right. You know, and like you look around at all your blessings and you're like, but in order to get here, I had to go through that. You know, right. I wanted the family, so I got to become a mom. Yeah, I, I think that's huge. And um, something that I really appreciate about social media is I think a lot of women have this identity crisis when they become a mom, especially when they look in the mirror and they don't realize there's a huge shift that happens emotionally and physically. And that's something that I really appreciate when moms post like before and afters or show their stretch marks. And I've done this on Instagram before and I couldn't believe the feedback that I got because for me, I'm like, oh, but that's like, that is the reality. And so many people were like, but but in in more of it, you know, we want to see more of that because people forget like, oh my gosh, if you, just because you had a baby doesn't mean that your stomach goes down, you know? And that, that thing about feeling like you're holding on to the past really can, you know, prevent you from growing and create that block in motherhood, especially when it's like so short and fleeting, you know, at least that like baby heaven phase. No, and you're hundred percent right. And it, I, like even today when I was looking in the mirror while I was feeding Arlie, I caught myself like judging myself, like, oh, my stomach. And I'm like, stop, be kind to yourself. Like she's not even three months old. Like, you know, like, you know, like you're, you're Yeah, bothered. you have so much time. Oh right. my gosh. You know, yeah. but, it's like, but you do. And I love that you said that message because it's just so true because of society, because of everything that we're told and we've been told and all these things, it's hard to like let go and be like, you do have so much time and you should embrace the moment and like, it's totally okay. And your body should change because you had a freaking baby or you had multiples or whatever it may be. And like, you know, it's just, um, it's just crazy though, because like motherhood is just obviously so much all at once. And I think that it's great that like someone like yourself, like shares how honestly you feel and like how, you know, you navigate it, which I want to know, like for you, Brandy, like, you know, for your own self, especially with like being quarantined and everything and obviously even working from home, like, how are you checking with you now as a mama? Yeah, you know, I, it's, it's funny because before I had two kids, I always woke up before my babies so that I could get me time. And whether that was just coffee with my husband, watching the news or doing a little scrolling on Instagram or just having like quiet in the house. And I, I always pushed that. And now it just depends. Like sometimes I don't wake up before my kids because I don't want to, because I was working late, you know, the night before staying up late or last night, my husband and I were watching a show and I just didn't want to go to bed, even though I knew it wasn't going to feel good. (laughs) So, um, I think 
for me, what has been key is having a solid support system in my husband, like really trying to figure out when are those times where mom can get mom time. And sometimes it looks like me doing the grocery shopping. Like sometimes it's like, you know, I'm going to be gone for an hour at least, and I'm going to the grocery store and just do my own thing. And guys, before quarantine, this isn't what it looked like, but obviously I'm talking about like during this pandemic, um, you know, I don't, yeah. And I don't want to like lighten the fact that like, you know, my mom time sometimes is like doing the things that we need to do to like make our household go around. Um, and sometimes it's like my husband, um, will go and go on runs in the mornings and take both kids in the jogger And then I will literally do whatever I want. So I always try at least one hour a day of just me time. Um, But also me time sometimes is work time. Like that is also something. I feel you on that. Yeah. Like my time is my work time. But but if you love what you do, which you do, it still lights you up and makes you feel happy, you know? Totally. So I think that's a great point. And it's true. It's like, obviously me time is is different for everyone and, you know, and, and looks different. But I think it's great that you said, you know, you reach out, you know, to your husband and really make sure you have that security and, you know, know like, Hey, I'm going to need a minute, you know? And I think it's important to say that because a lot of times I think moms in general, like feel guilty asking for any kind of help, whether it be a partner or a family or a friend or whatever it might be in saying like, Hey, I, I need a minute. Like, you know, Yeah. And if you're listening and you don't work outside the home because every single person listening right now works, like even before I had kids, I was freaking working. Like we have, you know, you have to maintain the home. There's all the things to do. It is important to talk to your significant other other, and be transparent about what your needs are. And like, sometimes it comes down to you know, there's, it's not even about fairness. It's not about like, oh, because you do this, I need to do this. It's just a conversation. Like something that I really think is true for a lot of men and women, like that whole relationship is oftentimes men just need to be told in detail what you need. Like, you know, women are so funny the way that we care about everyone. Like we always try to like buffer things because we care so much. Like we don't want to hurt someone's feelings. So we don't say something, you know, we want to make sure that someone knows we're appreciative. So we don't want to ask. We want to make sure that people think certain things about us. So we don't do the things and just echoing what you said, Allie, it's really important to just ask. And, and, and sometimes it's not even for help. It's telling the person like, this is what really would help me if you did this and just see what they respond, you know, like ask them, just say like, I think what I need is blank. And, um, my husband and I took marriage counseling classes before we got married. We're Catholic. And so we went through that whole process and it was so awesome. But one thing that I learned is like, sometimes it's just easier to write things down. And there's so many cool worksheets online. I'm sure you guys already know about the seven love languages. It's a free quiz you can take online. But when you have time and maybe it's over a couple cocktails and, you know, when the kids are in bed, like try to find that time and like the cheesier, the better. Like, it's almost like if you don't have that third party person, whether it's, you know, a therapist or a counselor, like you kind of have to create that feeling of trust and sometimes just make it silly and ask each other questions. And, um, I actually have been meaning to, I have a couple blog posts about it. If you guys go to my website, brandymalloy.com, but I've been meaning to put more up there because I do think that breaking the ice with your partner about what your needs are, um, usually goes over a lot well than you imagine. 
I love that. And I love what you said, like, make it cheesy and make it fun. And it's true. It's like, you, you know, they're your partners. So you have to be really open and communicate about like what you need and, and vice versa and, and not feel bad for it. It's like, Hey, if this is going to work, if this wheel is going to turn, then it's like, you know, it's important yeah. that everyone does their part. And obviously not every day is going to be the same, yeah. but it's like, you know, but it's like, you know, it's like today, like Arlie's fussing as we're, you know, podcasting, my husband had to go to the doctor. So it's like, you know, my, you know, and Amelia is, you know, finishing her nap. So it's like, that works, but I've got this one, you know, crying and fussing. It's like, it is what it is. Like, you know, it's yeah. just some days it works, some days it doesn't, but I think you're right. Just at least expressing that and expressing the message of it and being on the same page and being a team is really what it's all about. Yeah. And, uh, something that we were talking about the other day, my girlfriend, Sandy, uh, wrote this book, slay the day or slay your day. And she talks about the three D system. And so there's three D's you on your list. It's do it yourself, delegate or delete. And I love the idea that a lot of times we have a list in our head of things we want to accomplish during the day, during the week, during the month. And sometimes things don't get checked off that list. And so they carry over the next day and it becomes a stressor. It becomes something that seriously frustrates you, drives you crazy. And maybe it is a household chore. Like you wanted your significant other to take out the trash. They're not doing it. It's on your list. You didn't get around to it. So it's like, you know, figure out your expectation. Like, are you going to do it yourself? Are you going to delegate it and make sure that the other person that's doing it understands what you need or just delete it off your list? Like the, the trash isn't going to go out today or tomorrow. Um, and there's so many great tools in, in thinking about that. You're managing a household, communicating with your husband or spouse or whatever, um, making the list. We had, um, Oh my gosh, I'm blanking. But uh, the author of Fair Play come on our podcast and we talked about that, like really figuring out like what are everyone's responsibilities in the home? Eve Rodsky. Thank you. Eve Rodsky. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That. It's awesome. you, gotta, you gotta think of your home as a business sometimes. Yeah. Oh, that's such a good point. It's, it's so true. And you gotta like, you just gotta make it work. Well, and you know, you obviously like have so much that you work on within your own projects and then obviously at your home and being a mom, how do you feel like you handle, and I hate the word balance, honestly, I think it needs to be scratched in the dictionary, but like, how do you think you find your rhythm? How do you think you find your harmony? It kind of, I know, plays off what you're just saying with a partner, but how do you feel like you find your flow and how did you find your flow when you kind of became a mom and especially became a mom of two? I love that you said harmony because I have been, I always talk about the word harmony. I mean, it's just, it's so important. The rhythm, the flow, you know, I can't answer this question without talking about um, my quickly, my birth stories with both my kids because I had them both in the water and I had two unmedicated water births with both my babies. And so, so much of, thank you. So much of that experience was like 10 months in the making, like after I found out I was pregnant and just the visualization and the training and just the planning for like how I was hoping, you know, my births would go. And so there is kind of like, it kind of has transcended into parenting. Like, you know, I planned for this amazing unmedicated water birth and it happened, but a lot of times it doesn't happen that way. Like sometimes the baby <laughs> and we, and we taught and Allie, we talked about this on our IGTV live. Like sometimes 
there's really good reasons why the baby is not just rotating down. Sometimes there's something, a really good reason, and the doctor finds out, and that's why, you know, there's things like emergency C-sections because they realize that there was something there. And I, I think it's always important when you think about planning your birth, planning your wedding, planning your motherhood. Like you have to, you know, have your goals, have your vision, but you also have to have like so much um, flexibility and what is really, what could happen. And so I really try to take the approach that I had when I went into the birth of my kids, which again, yes, they ended very swift and easy in the water like I planned. Um, but so much of that had nothing to do with me. Like a lot of it was my body, my baby, like yeah. the stars align. There's so many things that go into that. So when it comes to motherhood and like finding this harmony, I really try to control what I can and let go of what I can't. I can control the things in my four walls. I can control how I react. I can control, you know, what I try to teach my kids, but I can't control them. And so um, the more that I learn about development and what's appropriate for them, the more that I learn from other moms before me, uh, the more that I learn from myself about being a mom and, and letting my kids be kids, like the more that I can really like be the mom that I always wanted to be, which is a mom that's always learning, always growing and having fun. Like I love being a mom, especially of babies. Like I love this phase and there's, there's so many hard days, but there's so many good days. And, and I hope to bring that when, when people talk to me or when they listen to our podcast or follow me on Instagram, like I do, it's just who I am. Like I always try to find the good for me. The cup is always half full and, and it's great. Like I, there's so many more, um, goodies in motherhood than there are the bad. It's so true. And I told you in the beginning of my show, when we started, you know, recording, that's truly why I wanted to have you on is I do think you're such a light in your space and in the motherhood space. And I think that, that, that that's just so beautiful because I think that no matter what, motherhood is hard. It's obviously the hardest job in the world, but there is so much beauty in it. And it doesn't have to just feel heavy and alone. And though it can at times, it's really important to find that light and that positivity and to really cherish and love on those moments because that, I mean, like you said, it's like, that's what you wanted, you know, as a mother, like, you know, you want to enjoy it and you want to cherish yeah. it and, you know, and, and be in it. And so I just, I love that you share that in your space. Well, what projects do you have coming up for you that you could share with us? Um, of course, tell us where you can pimp yourself out, where we can find you. I know you yes. podcast. I'll be on at some point soon and like, yes. all kinds of projects. Yeah, you know, since you guys already listened to podcasts, make sure you subscribe to Momhood. You can find it anywhere you listen to podcasts, Momhood. And then on Instagram, it's at Momhood Show. That really right now has been such a great source of creativity. Uh, we have amazing guests on the show. Uh, it's myself and my co-host, Orly Shani. And, you know, we talk to business women. We talk to you know, the business side of, of a woman and what makes a, a, a woman a woman. It's not just all motherhood, but of course I'm always there in the interview asking all the mothering questions because <laughs> that's what I love. Um, and then I'm a contributor for a ton of different um, TV shows, Food Network, Today Show, Kelly Clarkson Show. So um, I do a lot of contributing. I write recipes for different brands. Uh, I have a lot of fun. So most of my content is on Instagram at Brandy Malloy. 
B-R-A-N-D-I-M-I-L-L-O-Y. And then you can find more on my blog. Um, but yeah, yeah, I, I love doing all the things. I think that's kind of the best part of being in lifestyle. Like you can do food, you can do parenting, you can do a little bit of everything. Um, a little smorgasbord of all, of yes. all the things, right? <laughs> I love that actually. I'm like, envis- I'm like envisioning like, you know, like you with all the things, like how you laid out the snacks, like the same thing with you and like everything you do. With that's little, funny. Little that. Like, yes. well, and speaking of food, can you give us, well, of course I can put in the show notes, but is there any like fun, little easy recipe that you could talk about for a hot minute that might be fun for people to do in quarantine? Oh my gosh. Let's see. So many fun ones. It's so funny. Right before this uh, podcast interview, I made some homemade non-toxic Play-Doh with Millie because she decided to skip her nap. (laughs) And so we made some Play-Doh together. But as far as food, you know, one of my most popular recipes that people always like take photos of and then post and makes me feel so good is my baked salmon. And it's funny because I I know salmon. Well, and I know your kids do because you just said it. So um, if you guys are listening, especially those people that are like, ooh, salmon's too gamey. It's like not the fish I love. Let me just like break it down for you. It's a three ingredient salmon. Buy your Atlantic salmon um, and make sure it's nice and thawed. And then you brush it with yellow mustard. So get that salmon filet, brush it with yellow mustard, sprinkle on um, brown sugar. So sprinkle on brown sugar, you know, don't cover the whole thing, but like be generous with it and then sprinkle on some soy sauce. So three ingredients, yellow mustard, brown sugar, soy sauce, put it on a baking sheet and bake it at 425 for like about 15 minutes or until you, however done you like your salmon. And what's cool is it almost takes on this like miso flavor. It's sweet. Mm. It's savory. It has like this umami thing going. If you have the broiler option on your oven, you could even like the last, you know, minute broil it and let it caramelize. But I like to serve that with cauliflower rice, which I flavor with bitch and sauce. I'm obsessed with bitch and sauce. <laughs> um, or like a mac and cheese. Like I definitely love my starch and my veggies. Um, and that's like dinner, like at least one night a week around here. And all of the kids, you know, my one-year-old, my three-year-old, the husband, everyone loves it. And it's super easy to do. Oh my God. That sounds amazing. I may actually have to try to attempt to make that. Cause that actually sounds like Super it's foolproof. Yeah, it doesn't sound like something I can mess up. There's literally no measurements because, guys, I don't know how big your fillet is. So, like, squirt on yellow mustard like you would a hot dog and then brush it on or use your finger to smear it on and, like, coat it. Then the brown sugar, whatever it sticks to, let it stick. And if there's, like, a little mound, leave it. And then just douse it with some soy sauce, not too generous, and put it in the preheated oven. And, like, it is so flaky and sweet and savory and mouth watering like when I (laughs) when you guys do it please tag me on Instagram because I would love to see and hear all about it yes and you'll have to give me I'll put in the show notes you'll have to give me like another fun fave recipe as well as the play-doh for all the mamas listening that are going to want that well Brandy thank you so much for being on my show you're you're the delight and so much fun I'm so excited to come back on your guys' IGTV on Momhood to make sure you guys check out Momhood. It's such a good show, Instagram and the podcast. Until next time, guys. Cheers. Bye. Bye.